Hi, I'm Adrian. Welcome to the podcast, I'm Also, where we talk to people with multiple careers, pursuits, and interests. My guest for this episode is internationally recognized jazz musician, Ben Wilcox. Hello, Ben. Hello, Adrian. I got that right, you're internationally recognized, aren't you? I think so, yeah. Last time I checked. I read that somewhere. Sure. <laughs> you, you have been, into, you've just been to Edinburgh, haven't you, for That's this year? That's that's correct. Uh, actually, it's the last two years we've played at the Edinburgh Jazz Festival, so that's that's definitely international. Yeah. How did you get over there? Right. So, the the drummer in our band is Scottish. His name's John Ray, and he comes from like a a, a very well known Scottish jazz family. So his his father uh, was a famous jazz bass player, and John grew up as sort of ensconced in the Edinburgh and Scottish and UK jazz scene and when he came to New Zealand started playing with me in the Jelly Rolls and which is your which is your band which is my band that's correct yep a jazz trio and um, so for about the last four years we've been trying to get to the Edinburgh Jazz Festival because John goes back every year and he's always trying to get us over there so I'd write to them and send the promo staff and trying to link that up with funding rounds with Creative New Zealand and it never quite worked like we'd get the acceptance from the festival but we'd miss the funding round from Creative New Zealand or the other way around and then finally uh, 2017 no 2018 I got a research grant from Toyohumai to go to Edinburgh and which is where you have a the job that is where I work yes, yes. at Toyohumai yep. yep and um yeah, and, and we presented the music in a in a masterclass at Edinburgh University, and then followed that up in 2019 with a an actual proper gig at the Jazz Festival itself at a at a bar called the Jazz Bar, and we built a tour around that. So it's, it was perseverance, to be honest, is how we got there. Mm. Is that? I guess that's a really big festival as well. It's a big event, the whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's big. It's the way it works is, uh, in July you have the Jazz Festival. And then that runs for I think two weeks, and following that is the Fringe Festival. Oh. So it all leads um into that month month and a half of festivals. And were you the only sort of New Zealanders there? Sure were. Group? Yep. Were you a novelty kind of? I don't want to say novelty act. <laughs> well, it, it's about the vowels. If you get the vowels around <laughs> the wrong way, people look at you really funny. In fact, I did. We did one. We did a tour based around that festival gig, and we were in a place called Arbroath, which is up the coast. And uh, I was halfway through giving my spiel on on some of this music that I'd written, and I had to stop and say to the room of you know a couple of hundred people, "Does anybody understand a word I'm saying?" <laughs> of course, none of them replied because they couldn't understand. So they got a strong accent. The further you go up, they do. Yeah. Oh, probably you've got a strong accent as well compared to them. Yeah. So I you're so. you're writing writing music as well. Yes. So how do you balance your time between writing and performing uh, and having a normal job? Yeah. So with the performing side of things, um, I have a weekly gig in Rotorua at uh, a bar called the Ponsby Road Lounge Bar. And that that's great because it keeps my chops up, keeps the, the engine running, so to speak. And then with all the different bands I'm involved in... Um, that 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 does take priority. Um, with some of those bands, in particular with the Jelly Rolls, when we have uh, an album to record or a tour to play or a festival, that's when I I switch into writing mode. So having a deadline really helps. 
So if I know that I've got um, a recording session coming up in two months, I know I've got to start writing. Sometimes, to be honest, sometimes if an idea comes to me, I record it down on my phone and visit it later. But definitely having a deadline helps with, you, with all of those things. Do you find it hard to write? You know, some people are full of angst and pain, or you just get an idea and go... Not really. Not really. Like, I, my, my writing comes from um, playing at the piano. Yeah. So the, here's the process. If an idea pops in my head, I record it on my phone. From the keyboard? Even if I'm driving or, or, yeah. or walking or something, one of those sort of silly times when yeah. the idea, the golden idea pops into your head and you're not even at your instrument. So make sure I record it and um, visit that later. But the majority of it comes when I'm at the piano and I'm just mucking about. And then I'll do the same thing. I'll make sure I capture any ideas uh, on the phone so that, that I've made some sort of record of them. Yeah, and obviously you're jazz, but what kind of style? Of, do you have a style of jazz? How would you sum up your, your work? Yeah, so like most musicians, your style changes and or evolves and develops. And I went through all those different sort of jazz styles as a younger fella trying to be hip and contemporary and play as fast and fancy as I could. Um, and it's not until the last sort of eight, eight or nine years that I've uh, stopped doing that <laughs> and found a style that's more based around the sort of 19... 19 late 30s to late 50s swinging sort of jazz piano style so for those who know anything about jazz musicians um they might be familiar with errol garner or ahmed jamal or fats waller and those sorts of people so it's it's not very abstract well i don't think it is it's it's pretty mainstream but it's not um i don't have what you would call a contemporary style either like i don't i don't I don't mimic the old guys. It's not a tr uh, tribute show. It's not a here we are playing music from the twenties. It's um, or fifties or whatever. But it's more of like that's where the the vibe comes from, and we go from there. Mm. Did you always want to be a jazz musician? Uh, yeah, from about the age of fifteen. Yep, yep, yep. And at at seventeen, I grew up in Hamilton. Mm. I know. And good. Uh, well, yeah, most people have that reaction to be honest. When I say Hamilton, they sort of it's look just left. Go, it's just a go to joke, isn't it? You don't it even is, mean it, you just yeah, it's up there with Palmerston the North. He's from the city of the future, yeah, the Tron, H Town, all that sort of stuff. Um, so I was, yeah, 17 and had been learning a little bit of jazz from my uh, well, from my dad actually, who's a jazz sax player, and from a teacher. There was one jazz piano teacher in Hamilton in the 90s and his name was Craig Williams and uh, he was great he, he actually introduced me to jazz and I joined a, a jazz big band and at the age of 17 I was either going to do earth science at Waikato University or a jazz degree at uh, what was Massey University so I did earth science no I didn't I did the jazz degree and how was that studying in a degree that was it was fun. cool yeah it was three hours, or three years, three hours. It was three years of of full immersion music. So it's not just you're expected to practice eight hours a day, and your the way you're assessed was playing music, which is great, good for me. I like playing the piano, and um, it's the networking as well. You know, I was think think back to my class from 1999, and a lot of us are still in the music industry which is apparently quite unusual. But um, 
Which is a tough industry to keep keep going in, isn't it? Yeah, and and people do, and which is kind of links in with with this um, topic. People find different ways to make a living in music. Mm, just like we had Liam, and and he talked about different ways to keep things going. Liam Ryan. Yeah, yeah, same same vibe, you know. Um, in the in the sort of 2008 to 2014 um, period, I was playing a lot with singers, people like Aradna and Bella Kalolo and stuff like that, and uh, Louis Baker. And so my role was not as a jazz pianist; I was just me, you know, hired gun keyboard player. Um, and at the same time, I was making an app called My Jazz and trying to get that off the ground. And that turned out to be a lot of work to sustain it. But it was it was just another income stream it was another way of keeping in that industry and of course teaching as well mm. but you were overseas as well for a while weren't you yeah. i was overseas 2003 to 2008 and that was with a well 2003 it was with an indian theater company called indian inc in a show called the pickle king and with the pickle king we toured new zealand and we, then we ended up in edinburgh fringe festival funnily enough stayed there for five weeks and then ended up staying in the uk for almost five years just playing in clubs and hotels, mostly hotels, to be honest. The lounge bar guy. Yeah, and the irony of that is, the role I had in that play, The Pickle King, was hotel pianist. Oh, well. Yeah. So it was almost like uh, art imitating life or something like that, you know? <laughs> Do you sing much? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. I used to, but I just realised that I think I'm better to just shut up and play the piano. Yeah, I mean, whenever I've seen you, you've just been playing the piano, and I was like, yeah. I wonder if he's going to break into song. No. 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 Sometimes I do, but um, usually when people request something or, you know, it's one of those moments. And so you're also a tutor at Toy or Homai, music tutor. Um, how do you sort of balance the work? The, do you have a sort of a balance to the work and then the performance? Are you a planner, I guess I should say? Are you a planner or just sort of a go-with-the-flow kind of guy for uh, outside projects, for your jazz projects? Yeah, that... Well, if I'm if I'm being hired as a keyboard player, for example, lately I've been playing with Swamp Thing, which is a local Rotorua band with great musician uh, Michael Barker, um, then I can I can pretty much turn up to one rehearsal and or even to the gig sometimes and do it on the fly, which is cool. That's the way that sort of band runs. Um, if if I'm planning something with my band, the Jelly Rolls, then it definitely requires planning because I also do the logistics for it. So if we if we're flying somewhere or driving somewhere, accommodation, all that kind of stuff, I need to be pretty organised. Um, especially having a family and also teaching full time. So in terms of balance, I don't know if there's a balance because um, sometimes I teach from nine till four and then drive somewhere for a gig and get back at two in the morning, and I don't know if you'd describe that as a healthy balance. <laughs> really not long term. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's what I do. How would you describe the jazz uh, industry in New Zealand as part of the music industry? Is it sort of healthy? Well, to be honest, it's heaps of musicians that play in the pop scene. Uh, jazz musicians or have been through the jazz school in Wellington or Auckland so if you look at and, and that's been going on for more than 20 years I reckon if you look at Fat Freddy's and the Black Seeds and bands like Catch a Fire um, the Drax Project heaps of bands like that that'll have often have horn players or 
other other musos in the bands that are jazz musicians. So we contribute a lot, mm. I think, um, and as well as obviously corporate scenes and stuff like that. Um, does it get recognised? Probably not. You know, like I think the jazz award at the New Zealand Music Awards gets done in the ad break, but as does the country award and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's it's very healthy in Wellington and Auckland, really healthy. But it's 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 sort of and the National re- Jazz Fest here, here in Tauranga, that's always that's a big yeah. Thing. That's a big one, and it's a good one, and and so is the Wellington Jazz Festival, and so is the um, it's the Waikiki Island one. It? Yeah, that's a good one too, yeah. and so is the Manawatu one. Yeah. It's actually they're good, they're good festivals, and they they do a good job, and people come out. I mean, people come out in their droves for those weekends, and then the next weekend, the same bands can be played <laughs> to an empty playing to an empty bar. Yeah. You know, jazz. It's quite hard to play, though, isn't it? Isn't it? It's generally considered difficult, isn't it? In the yeah. In the, why is it so difficult? I think it's difficult because well, jazz is an un- umbrella term for um, some sort of creative process yeah. because you could look at jazz like Louis Armstrong and then you could compare them to say Snarky Puppy and they're totally different. They're really different, but they're both considered jazz. So I think that's the way I look at it. It's 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 an African American music if you trace it back to its roots um, that involved improvisation and maybe it's the improvisation that makes it difficult especially as you get to like the 30s and the 40s when people were really playing fast tempos and um, the chord progressions are more complex so it's kind of it's it's you could say it's kind of heady music you know a bit a bit intellectual but um, not the kind of stuff we play we like to swing and and have fun and make sure it's got a good energy. I think in the in the last since jazz has been an academic subject, it's definitely narrowed down to um, a really difficult academic approach. And that's the to be honest, that's the stuff I don't like. <laughs> but I think that's often the perception as well because that's all people see. Yeah. You know. Is there any sort of as are there any artists you'd like to work with in the future that you'd haven't? If you had a singer, perhaps, oh, gave you a call. Well, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe I don't know. Uh, I've worked with some really good singers. I work. I have the pleasure of working with Bella Kalolo, yeah, and I think amazing. she's the best singer in New Zealand. Yeah, she's absolutely amazing. And last weekend, I was in the Hawkes Bay working with a, a lesser-known singer, Margot Perrard, and she, in terms of jazz singers, she is phenomenal. She, she should be famous. She should be world famous. But. Um, Getting back to the question, no, not really, not really. I just um, keep taking the opportunities, you know. Whoever gives you a call, yeah, whoever gives you a call, and if the music is good and the checkbook is open, I'm there. Who? What's some recommended listening for jazz? If you're just you say you're new to jazz or you know a bit of an interest, you'd like to go to the uh, the festivals a bit. Yeah, check it out live. I think that's a good way to go. Go to it. Go to the Tauranga Jazz Festival or the Wellington Jazz Festival, and see it live because that's a good introduction to what's actually happening. Because then you can then if if you're a complete novice to this genre, then you can see the interaction going on between musicians. You can see what's improvised and what's not, um, the level of musicianship. Uh, if you were just going to go on a purely listening. Uh, pathway 
I would probably suggest something that isn't so out there. You know, if you're more leaning towards more funk stuff, you can find jazz funk. If you're leaning more towards um, older things like the big bands of the 1930s, that's pretty easy to find. It's pretty graspable. It's not you don't have to think too much for that kind of stuff, and it's kind of familiar too. We can also segue into here. Um, they could listen to some of your music, couldn't people? Oh, people. fancy that! Yeah, yeah. yeah they you, could listen you, to the Jelly Rolls. You've yeah. done three albums. I have. Yeah. So the first album was uh, Sneaky Weasel. And that was a a mix of original tunes and a few, oh, probably five or six, um, well, people would call them covers, but we call them standards, because they come from the American Songbook, which is, you know, uh, really well-known songs from from the past, things like Tifa 2 and Honeysuckle Rose, and that was in uh, 2014, and then we did a live-to-air album on national radio, A Short History of Jazz, the 1930s. Um, and then the latest one is The Phantom Canoe, which was recorded in 2017, and that's music written around um, stories of Rotorua. Mm, so that was quite a big project. That was a big project, yeah. I had to do a lot of a lot of research for that one, and that it was cool, though. It was really cool because it, it, um, it opened a lot of doors for me, uh, just getting to know the area better, getting to know the people, and then... Um, trying to contribute to the to the artistic side of it and and I found touring that album people are more interested in that music than um, the standards especially mm. in Scotland they wanted to know all about the stories you know mm. and it's probably a lake thing a maybe lock. a loss <laughs> it's probably a lock thing but Adrian I did actually I was in the studio yesterday and I've just recorded uh, my first solo piano album so that'll be coming out soon too that's good. That that goes into my next segment. Plug a product. Well, there Plug we go. Plug a product. What's what have you got coming up? Well, that solo piano piano album is going to be released somewhere between January and March. I'd so I'll say February. Yeah, it's good. And, and what style is that? Is that? Uh, there was there was a few originals in there, a few Latin things, but it's mostly it's mostly um, jazz. I play a style which I didn't mention before, which was called stride piano, which is when you play the bass in the left hand and the chord. Mm-hmm. So bass chord, bass chord, while the right hand plays the um, the melodies and the uh, fills and stuff like that. So it's a bit of that. Um, I did 18, 18 tracks, so I'll probably release two volumes of albums, solo piano albums, in February. And how will people be able to purchase with money those these these new albums do people still do that i'm just i'm just making it up there really. <laughs> thanks for trying <laughs> yeah where they, could they potentially go well they could go to thickrecords.co.nz thickrecords.co.nz that's where i release all my music under that umbrella with along with other bands such as the troubles and john ray who's the partner in crime there so thickrecords.co.nz you've got a website as well haven't you yeah i've got benwilcock.com yep Yep, and we've got a Facebook, the Jelly Rolls. Uh, it was on the fa- on Facebook as well. And any live gigs coming up? Um, you w- nope, nope. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Actually, we're headlining the Tauranga Jazz Festival. I don't know if headlining is the right word. We're on the on Sounds the Saturday good. night. I didn't say headlining. Who can yeah. say headlining? Yeah, yeah. it's in a theatre. Yeah. Um, we did it last year with the Dueling Pianos show, but this next year is um, the Jelly Rolls featuring uh, one of Auckland's finest saxophonists, Roger Mannins. And then after that, we head to Australia to tour 
Brisbane where are we playing? Brisbane, the Doo-Wop Jazz Club, Doo-Bop Jazz Club, uh, Sydney and Melbourne. Mm. So if you're over there you can go and check us out or you can check us out in Tauranga. Great. I'll put some of that stuff in the, up on the page. And that's pretty much it for the moment, Ben. I think we've covered everything. What you got anything on YouTube? Can people go there to find out stuff videos? Yeah, there's heaps on YouTube. There's a whole Ben Wilcock and the Jelly Rolls playlist. So if you just type that in, there's probably about twenty different videos. Some of them are live from our tour in Scotland and some of it's in the studio and some of it's done with um you know, imagery and stuff like that. So yeah, there's plenty out there on YouTube. Okay, we'll put that up as well. Thank you for your time, Ben. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you.